Welcome back to Group Chat, everybody. Thanks for listening in. Just a reminder again to access all of our podcasts and blogs and all of our group's resources. Just go to rushcreek.org, go to the group's page, and click on the resource button. Okay, everybody, welcome back. We are back on again, moving right along with Season 3 of Group Chat. Uh, today we have Barry Parker back on the podcast with us. Barry, thanks for coming on. It is great to be with you, Clayton. Uh, it's a beautiful day in Arlington. Yes, it's a beautiful day in Fort Worth. So, <laughs> so for those of you listening, we are still in the COVID-19 pandemic, as we have told you on previous episodes. So hopefully by the time you listen to this, it's all, it's all you know dead and gone and uh, everything's opened back up So because they're starting to now. So we hope you're doing well, but um, we'll jump into it here. Awesome. Uh, Barry, Barry's coming on to us uh, today to talk about authenticity in group life. Uh, and Barry, we'll just jump into it. Um, I know that word authentic, that's kind of one of those uh, catchy, cool Christian words these days that a lot of pastors and a lot of church members try and use. You know, we want to be authentic. We want to be real and and things like that. But um, so we use words a whole lot. We can kind of miss exactly what they mean. So do you kind of want to start out and just explain what it means to really be an authentic uh, church member? Well, you know, Clayton, growing up in um, church, uh, going to Sunday school um, for years and years as a young, young child and into even into my adult years, um, trying to develop uh, a place where uh, or even ever having the question posed to me. Um, so Barry, what are you struggling with? <laughs> I mean, I never, I never had those words asked uh, of me or uh, that, that thought um, asked of me. And, and so um, several years ago when um, we started um, starting men's groups. We call them fight clubs back in the day, but now we call them men's groups, call it just for simplicity's sake. But we did it under the guise of having a hunger for God's word, a brokenness over our sin, and a burden for others. And that second part of that is having um, a brokenness over our sin, uh, of really being able to share authentically what was going on in my life. And, um, you know, we know that scripture from James uh, chapter five, you know, says confess your sins to one another, uh, pray for one another that you may be healed. And really, my whole church experience, uh, there was a place, there was like one place where maybe at the end of a service and the pastor would say, hey, man, if you're if you're dealing with something, why don't you come down forward and, and talk to me? You know, but it, it seemed like there was nowhere else in the church that this this environment was available. And uh, and so we started with these men's groups and uh, I would begin to simply exercise this. OK, we're here to, you know, um, share our our sin with each other. Here's what I'm dealing with. And it seemed as soon as I started doing that, men would very quickly begin to share what they're struggling with as well. And I was like, oh my goodness, after all of these years, there has been a part of me that has been squelched because I really 
there was not a good place in the church where we could exercise authenticity. And so um, what, does it, what does it mean to me? It really means, you know, being me <laughs> uh, and ex- expressing usually what I'm struggling with. Um, I want to be who I am, wherever I am, and with whomever I'm with. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and I think that's kind of, I would think, normally what people, uh, what normally comes to mind for people when they think that is toward the toward the end of what you said of, you know, kind of confessing your sin, confessing what you're struggling with, um, which can be a scary thing. Um, it can also be a, a tricky thing to navigate in community life, you know, how you're handling it, how your group is receiving it. Um, so uh, we kind of want to talk about next how we do it in a healthy way. You know, we want people to be able to be themselves, like you said, and be open, but we also don't want, want it to go to a point where a person is just kind of, you know, throwing a pity party or a woe is me type thing constantly and never actually doing anything about what they're talking about. Um, but then we also don't want the authenticity on the other end of when it's, when it comes to things like confrontation to turn into um, a gossip session or, uh, or criticizing another group member. Um, so kind of where do you find that balance of being authentic with yourselves and with your group uh, in a healthy way? Yeah. I, 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 one of the things I want to say is that I want to be authentic. Like I said, wherever I am, uh, I think there's a difference between authenticity and transparency um, trans, you know, I, I, I just, I, I have to look at the life of Jesus and how he handled, uh, transparency in his life. And if we remember, uh, in the garden, uh, when, when Jesus is faced with this enormous weight and burden that he was going to be facing the cross and he takes his 12 disciples and he brings them into the garden and then he brings Peter, James, and John further into the garden with him. And they get to see Jesus in this deep moment. And in Mark 14, it says he began to be deeply distressed and horrified. And then he said to them, those three dudes, he said, my soul is swallowed up in sorrow to the point of death. And so I guess we get here that this transparency and this authenticity, um, we're able to share different parts depending on uh, your confidence in who you're sharing it with. In this case, Jesus brought those three guys, those inner circle friends, and they were able to witness this um, area of Jesus's life. So I kind of use that as my model. Um, You don't want to just blurt out everything that you're dealing with, with perfect strangers. These are people that you've developed a rapport with, you've developed a relationship with, and there's a trust that's going on there. And now all of the things that we're dealing with, whether it be, I think what you were kind of talking about is discipline. uh, How do we handle, you know, certain people? It's, it's all in developing the relationship to earn the right uh, to hear from them or they've earned the right to hear from me. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I really do like the 
the teaching that you gave there at the end of them earning the right, you know, you, you can't just, you know, you can't just start, I'm going to be authentic and then just start airing all of your dirty laundry to just anybody, you know, that's, that can be very dangerous because you don't know, you know, who you're talking to. So the idea of trust seems to be a really big part of this. Yeah. And I, I was talking to our group leaders on a zoom call uh, this week and one of my seasoned leaders was talking about this and how he has experienced a new person coming into their group. And that new person just automatically begins to just spew out everything that they've been dealing with. And then that person never returns. And he, his take on it was they were then why they shared that they don't know. They just, came out with all this information and then they started thinking about it and became embarrassed about it. And they never even came back to their group or even back to church. And it sounds like this, he has experienced this several times. And so maybe there's something to building up uh, safeguards in your group. Um, And I think you do have to have ground rules, you know, right? What is said here stays here, uh, really emphasizing these uh, exercises and, and how we're going to do it and how we're going to proceed through it. I always think, Clayton, that a lot of times transparency is best done uh, in gender-specific groups. Um, I think then we can get to a deeper level and um, the confidence is, able to, is, is stronger in those types of groups. Yeah. And what, you know, kind of thinking about your story, I can imagine if you come in, if you come in right off the bat, like that, like that person did, you know, first impressions are a big deal for just by human nature. And you wonder if um, people begin to think if they're the op- open like that right off the bat is people are never going to be able to shake that impression of them. When they see them, they're going to see those problems and they're always going to see those problems, you know? Yeah, I think um, one of the things I was thinking about is, you know, utilizing warm up questions. You know, so this is an ongoing exercise our group does is we're constantly discovering more about each other. And and maybe there's a a warming up to that period and, and exercising warm up questions that don't get real deep, but little by little, we are opening up. And each one of us on a, on a common ground, let's say, are opening up different avenues and different aspects about our lives and our, our past and our history and all of those things so that we're kind of growing into this environment of being more and more authentic and transparent with this group of people. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So we'll kind of use that kind of as our transition into our last question is um, – how can our groups develop environments where people aren't afraid to be themselves? So they're not afraid to open up, but there are also places where the authenticity is cultivated health in a healthy way, you know, as opposed to the transparency that you were talking about. Yeah. I love using um, the term that Josh uses, pastor Josh speed of the leader, speed of the team. I think he gets that um, from Willow Creek, but um I really do believe it starts with the leader. Um, We want to hear uh, from our pastors, our our preaching pastors, authenticity, don't we? We want to hear 
real stories uh, that have an effect. Uh, even a pastor would be willing to share certain parts of his life and the struggles that he have, and that really brings us down to a level where I identify with that. And if he's willing to do that, then I think I could do that too. And so the leader needs to model authenticity. And so, so I think that's number one. Number two is, like I said earlier, is having some safe ground rules. This is how we're going to handle that. What's said is, stays here. Um, and then helping your group warm up to the idea and exercise, allowing your group to exercise it, maybe through games or, or other ways of um, exposing some of those areas that are not just so easily seen from the outside. Yeah, yeah. So a question that kind of came up while you were talking is, uh, so we've been kind of hitting on most of the episode here on authenticity as sharing your struggles, confessing your sin, kind of on the negative side. Um, but what about on the, uh, on the positive end, how do we be authentic in our, in our kindness, in our joy, and we're not forcing that? So an example I'll give you is this. You know, I'm not the most expressive person. I'm a little more introverted, right? Um, and sometimes you can kind of get the sense a person, you know, they're kind of just, um, just paying face or um, – just kind of, you can kind of tell they're forcing their kindness or they're a little, um, you know, they're trying to force how they're, how they're being nice. Does that make sense? I'm trying to come up with the right words here. Um, <laughs> and you kind of, you kind of get the sense of, okay, maybe this person really doesn't like me, but they know they're supposed to be all Christian to me. Um, and it's not very genuine. You can kind of get the sense of this kind of, this person's kind of just forcing it, um, you know. I think, you know, I really think asking questions of people always kind of helps them uh, break down in their own personality uh, what it is they really, where they really are. And so, Clayton, I think I would just ask questions. Uh, why do you feel that way? What would make you think that way about me? You know, those types of questions maybe can dig a little bit deeper into why they're trying to fluff it over. Yeah. Yeah. Fluff is a good word. Yeah. <laughs> we, want, we don't want any fluff. Yeah. yeah. We want no fluff. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always want to be intentional. And I think that's the word uh, to help us be authentic is man, it just comes down to being intentional in our questions and, and really wanting to know uh, what people are thinking uh, and really being intentional about God's word and, and utilizing God's word to help us get to those deeper places and have great conversations with people that struggle with being authentic. Jesus did this a lot, right? He asked questions. If somebody asked him a question, a lot of times he'd come back with a question. <laughs> and so maybe that's a, a great way to help people really verbalize what they really mean down deep inside. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I guess that's what I was getting at. It wasn't, it wasn't a criticism of people, you know, trying to be nice. Like you should absolutely do that, you know, but you, you can, you can sense if someone's not being, 
if they're behaving in a way that doesn't really match their personality, you know, yeah. like if I like, you know, like you've gotten to know me over the last couple of years, if all of a sudden I came into a meeting at Rush Creek and I was all like, like bubbly, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're already laughing. You're okay. like, what, what, what have you been drinking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you, yeah, you, and I, yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm just trying yeah, I'm just trying to be Christ-like and loving. You'd be like, yeah, but that's not who, I mean, you can do that, but this isn't really who you are. You know, I love that. I did look up the, the, um, uh, the, in Webster's, what it means to be authentic. It says being true to one's personality and character. I think that's what you're talking about, man. If, no. if you came in like that, that, that just doesn't ring of your personality. Yeah. And so something's fishy here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess that, yeah, I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at is sometimes when we think about being authentic, we think we have to behave like we literally have to behave a certain way. We have to say certain words, do certain actions, you know, things like that. Whereas authenticity looks different, you know, for every person because every person is different, you know? Yep. Yep. You know, I'm going to throw another word. I threw in, you know, being intentional, but I'm going to throw this word integrity. Um, you know, when you look at the, the life of Job, God said about Job that he was a man of perfect integrity. And I always take that as doing the right thing when no one is watching. And so this uh, authentic uh, tr transparency, I am who I am wherever I go. And it doesn't matter whose company I'm in. I, I want to be that person. I want to be true to who I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Barry, thanks so much for coming on with us. Uh, I hope you're doing well. Uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, actually, by the time I hope you hear this, I hope coronavirus is done with. So, but Barry, thank you again. And we will catch you guys next time. Yes. Thank you for joining in. Thanks again, guys, for listening to Group Chat. Just a reminder one more time, if you want more access to our group's resources, just go to rushcreek.org and go to the group's page, and at the bottom, click on the resource button, and there you can access all of our podcasts, our blogs, articles, anything we've got there for you. It's all right there. Thanks, guys.